Welcome to $100 Plus Mileage, the podcast about those New Hampshire bills that don't make the news but could still impact you. We've seen all sorts of bills come through the legislature this session. Some made it to the finish line and some weren't so lucky. We're here to give you the unbiased facts, pros and cons, and let you know about the opportunities to speak up and tell your elected officials how these bills could impact you. I'm Mike Dunbar, content editor for Citizens Count. And I'm Anna Brown, director of research and analysis for Citizens Count. All right, Anna, we always like to highlight these lesser known pieces of legislation on this podcast, and today's episode features a great example of that. It sounds like the plot of a science fiction movie or something, maybe a James Bond. State agencies attempting to modify the weather. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. heard that right. So HB 128, it was a bill that requires public notice before a state agency attempts to modify the weather, weather, excuse me, but it's anything but science fiction. In fact, it was just signed into law by Governor Sununu. Anna, you're the policy guru. Why don't you give us a rundown on this newly minted law? Actually, first of all, it was totally the plot for at least one science fiction movie I know, Snowpiercer. I highly recommend it. It stars Whoa. Captain America, <laughs> a.k.a. Chris Evans, fighting for justice through a man-made ange- ice age after weather modification gone wrong. So, wow. I mean, New Hampshire lawmakers, are they're just prepared for a supervillain right. taking over the weather. They're on top of this problem. So, <laughs> HB 128, the bill recently signed by Governor Sununu, actually amends an existing law, which deals with the rules for modifying the weather. Because there was already a law on the books that explicitly allowed weather modification experiments by the state. Like I said, we're ready for those mad scientists. So the existing law states that any department or agency of the state can, with the approval of the governor and executive council, conduct weather modification experiments and cooperate with federal agencies or other organizations to do so. So crazy, and I have so many questions, but let's just keep rolling for now. What does the new law add to the existing one? The new law basically adds public notification requirements. So the public would have to be informed before, at least two months before um, a project is proposed to the governor and executive council. And public notice includes running it in at least four New Hampshire newspapers, disclosing the chemicals and technology that would be used to modify the weather. And then they would also have to gather public input. Yeah, and it just seems amazing to me that that wasn't always the law. If you're going to be trying to change the weather, you don't have to tell anybody about it. But okay, definitely sounds like there has to be a backstory to this original law, especially. Have state agencies been modifying the weather in New Hampshire all this time and I just didn't know about it? If so, they haven't been doing a great job. (laughs) So law was actually passed first back in 1953. And so when you research the history around that time, scientists were exploring the possibility of modifying the weather with experiments like Project Cirrus, which was a collaboration between GE and the U.S. military to modify hurricanes. And I did a little reading about that because I was curious. So crews dropped dry ice from airplanes into a hurricane that was heading out to sea, trying to slow down the wind speeds. Now, unfortunately, the hurricane took a turn back towards land. People tried to sue the government. The governor government originally denied it. And then they were like, yeah, okay, we did try to change the hurricane. So you can see how uh, Not the messaging... Not good at steering. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there's definitely some challenge there. But also, let's be real, weather can have devastating effects through droughts and natural disasters. We're seeing the effects of climate change, flooding, whatever. Like, you can see why people might want to change the weather. And so in New Hampshire, around this time, once again, 1953, they were particularly interested in 
quote unquote, seeding clouds to cause precipitation during drought conditions. And I know we've been in a drought in New Hampshire recently. So, you know, these are longstanding problems. And supporters in 1953 wondered or supposed that a new law could attract research to New Hampshire to conduct these experiments here. And that's a similar argument we heard with New Hampshire's recent flying car legislation. We can talk about that Mm -hmm. some other time. So that was all going on. That was the dream in 1953. But according to this year's bill sponsor, Rep. Aaron, New Hampshire agencies have no record of ever using the weather modification law, pulling in anyone, getting anyone requesting doing doing these projects, and they didn't have any plans to do so in the future. Fun fact, if you go in the bill, the bill file where it shows what people are testifying, he has like the emails going back and forth with all the state agencies. And I just loved imagining every person working in the state office that was getting an email like, oh my gosh, they're asking if we've modified the weather. This is hilarious. So, hey, but all the, hey, but Bill, all the responses have we, were, <laughs> have we the modified the weather rate lately? <laughs> I know, right? And then and then there was one too where they were like, well, we went and asked this one guy who was working in the office back then to figure out what he knew. <laughs> so, <laughs> the one guy that has been there since 1953. He was like yeah. a, a teenager. Well, okay. So this is all still wild to me, but if they don't use the law, why do they even have the law? Why are we adding to it? Well, last year, Rep. Aaron actually introduced a bill to repeal the law entirely. But at the debates, lawmakers were concerned, okay, if you remove the law, then there's really no guardrails, potentially, if someone does come in and starts experimenting with the weather. You know, at least now we have the approval from the Governor Executive Council. So she came back this year and said, you know what, you're right, let's add the public notification. Right. Okay. Yeah, we, do, we definitely don't want it to be silent on this. So is all of this some weird relic of the Cold War era, or do people still want to try to control the weather in New Hampshire? Evidently, this is still totally going on in the world. Um, So there are some states out west that use cloud seeding to try and deal with water shortages. I know we've all seen stories about droughts in places like California. And there's lots of cutting-edge experimentation, too, related to climate change. And nationally, around the world, there's been weather modification proposals to zap clouds with an electric charge using drones to cause rainfall. There's the Harvard study called the Stratospheric Controlled Perturbation Experiment. I mean, I've never heard anything that sounds more super villainous. But anyway, that's hoping to combat climate change with geoengineering. So this is going on. It's not a crazy stretch of the imagination that this research could someday come to the Granite State. Right. And I can see how this gets complicated from a legal perspective. If you start messing with the weather, you could definitely impact a lot of people. So um, maybe this is a good time to talk about the pros and cons. Yes. And when the law was first passed in 1953, there was even some debate about what if we modify the weather and it changes the weather in Maine or Vermont? (laughs) Mm. How how would that impact things? So proponents of HB 128, the bill that added the public notification, argued that if you keep the public informed, um, it's, you know, there's less chance of something going horribly wrong. But, you know, we should know what's happening with the skies that impact everyone. And the idea is if you have this notification, it's better than just deleting the law since like we talked, if there's at least sort of an approval process in place on the off chance that we do suddenly get weather experiments, we're ready to go. Mm -hmm. But of course, yeah, it's never been used. So, you know, there wasn't really a lot of arguments against HB 128 either. There wasn't like a ton of weather scientists coming and saying, this is great, you know, why, why are you changing the law? But, you know, some people argued that maybe we should ban weather modification, maybe we should add different sort of regulations or other state departments. So, you know, it was it's sort of a, a theoretical debate at this point, but it, Governor Snoon, who did sign the law. So, you know, there, there was something there. 
Yeah, and it's it's interesting that there wasn't a lot of attention paid to this bill, which, you know, if anything ever came of it could be so impactful. But I guess it's one of those things where people would only get worked up once something was actually happening, once somebody was starting to mess with the weather, and by then it'd be too late. But we have this law that ever comes along. So, okay, Anna, I know you said this bill has already been signed into law, but what can people do to get involved? Well, it's been signed into law by Governor Sununu, but anytime that there's an issue you care about, you can always reach out to your elected officials. We are nearing the end of the legislative session, and then over the summer, I always tell people, like, if there's a bill, there's a new law that you want to come in, maybe you do want to ban weather modification, I don't know, you can contact your elected officials, tell them what you think, and then they have an opportunity around September, I have to look up the dates for this year, but around September to start requesting bills for the next year. So, as always, share your opinion, share your voices. It's how we keep elected officials accountable and keep that democratic process going. Right. All right. Well, with that, it is time for Only in New Hampshire. Anna, what do you got for us? Well, we're talking about New Hampshire weather, so we've got to talk about the Mount Washington Observatory, right? I mean, if ever there was strange weather experiments, I feel like it would be someone launching from the top of Mount Washington. <laughs> so for nearly 62 years, Mount Washington New Ham- in New Hampshire had the world record for the fastest wind gust ever recorded on the surface of this earth. It was 231 miles per hour recorded in 1934 by Mount Washington Observatory staff. This was toppled in 1996 when an instrument station in Barrow Island, Australia, recorded a new record of 253 miles per hour. So that's 22 miles per hour faster during tropical cyclone Olivia. And it's kind of a cool story because I think the fact that Mount Washington Observatory is manned And also they have a cat there, although I don't know if there was a cat there in the 1930s. But if you're curious, definitely check out the Mount Washington Observatory cat. It's totally fabulous. So anyway, the observer up there, he was taking a nap. He woke up at 4 a.m. and he heard the wind. It sounded louder and stronger. So he checked the recorder and he needed to convert the recording reading to the true value according to the instrument's correction curve. And doing the quick math, he was coming up with a wind speed of only 105 miles per hour, which what he was hearing, he knew that was wrong. And that meant the instrument was hampered by ice buildup because, you know, Mm. what are you going to do, man? You're in the middle of a storm. So since this was the 1930s, and I just imagine everyone back then was kind of crazier, he suited (laughs) up, he grabbed a wooden club and decided, I'm going to go outside and clean up this ice buildup. Yes. So he, as soon as he opened the door, he was knocked to the floor So then he's able to sort of like struggle his way forward. He gets to the ladder. And at that point, the wind is at his back. So that helps him because it's like pushing him against the building. And then he's able to go up there with his his wooden club and beat the ice from the anemometer, which measures the wind speed. At one point, he dropped the club and it it just blew away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's like, bye-bye. It was never um, seen again. <laughs> never see, never to be seen again. Fortunately, he did make it back inside safely. And um, that's, you know, when he started seeing the, the wind temperature, or the wind's temperature, wow. The wind speed pick up, and we got this, this recording. Um, we know now that it was a ridge over the Atlantic and the storm over the eastern Gulf Lakes had come together. It was a pressure gradient between these two storms. These are notes I've written down that I don't really know what they mean because I am (laughs) not a meteorologist. Um, Science happened, really fast winds. Mount Washington is kind of an awesome place. That is the most New Hampshire story I can possibly imagine. Just, you know, I feel like any old Granite Stater, you could just imagine, you know, oh, well, 
gotta go get the ice off of the anemometer. Yeah, no, I feel like all of us can identify with, with that with some winter storm at some point, right. you know? It's it's like, especially the ice storms we've had, it's like, well, all right, you know, I guess I'll just roll down my window and then there's this sort of glass ice that's in place. So I'll just punch that out. That'll be it's, fine. You know, right, roll I'll my window right my back up. Wooden you club. Know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, maybe I should start keeping a wooden club in my car for next time. It worked out for him okay, so. Yeah, your ice club. Doesn't everybody in New Hampshire need an ice club? <laughs> Gosh. All right, well, that wraps it up for today's episode. You can find more information and episodes at citizenscount.org. We'd also like to thank Franklin Pierce University for producing and the Granite State News Collaborative for hosting. Our theme music is composed by Mike Dunbar. And lastly, we thank you for giving us a listen and thinking about how you can be a part of what makes New Hampshire by the people, for the people.